Hey, let me ask you today. Have you ever seen a cross? I can probably answer that for you. Yes, you have. And you've seen it in many different places. And because you've seen a cross in many different places, you've come up with maybe different meanings for the cross. Therefore, a cross means different things to different people, right? For some, it's jewelry. For others, it's body art. Oh yeah, you see them tattooed on people. For rock stars, it's a big piece of metal they hang around their neck. So as you can see, the cross means different things to different people. But here's the question today. What does the cross mean to you? Many people today use the cross as a symbol of coolness. In other words, if you wear a cross, hey, it makes you look cool, right? That's what they do. They want to look cool, so they wear a cross. Now, actually, the original cross was something to abhor. You know why? It's a means of torture. Yeah, back in the first century, people avoided the cross every way they could. So, I think the best way to determine what the cross means to you is to determine what the cross means to God. That's where it begins, right there. The true meaning of the cross is what it means to God. Not the rock stars, not the tattoo artists, not fashionable people. What does it mean to God? And His Word is not silent on the subject of the cross. I'd like to look at seven statements God makes about the cross. And not any cross, but the cross of His Son. The one that He died for us on. The one that took the blood from His veins that paid for the sins of the world. That cross. So what does God have to say about the cross? Number one, the cross was always in the mind of God. Imagine that. Imagine always knowing and having on your mind this cross. Because the Bible tells us in Acts 2.23 that this man, Jesus, was delivered over by the predetermined, the predetermined plan and knowledge of God. You nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men, and put him to death. Look at that phrase, predetermined, planned. Always in the mind of God. And it's good to know that God knows what he's doing. He doesn't make it up as he goes along. He always knows what he's going to do. It was predetermined back in eternity past that this cross would come and be used as an instrument to atone for the sins of mankind. Secondly, it paid our sin debt to God. 
In Colossians 2.14, Paul's telling us that it canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was, uh uh-oh, hostile to us. And what happened? Christ took those decrees that were hostile to us out of the way. How did he do it? Nailed it to the cross. And what's the outcome? It put us at peace with God, having made peace through the blood of his cross. I mean, look at what the cross has done. It did away with the decrees that were made against us because we were in sin. And it made us at peace with God. Because, see, the cross was the means by which it would extract the blood of Christ. Suck the blood right out of him. Atone for the sins of the world. Now, here's a sad commentary. This is my third point. And it's sad that the cross is foolishness to those who are lost. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the word of the cross is what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the word of the cross, right? It's foolishness to those who are perishing. Oh, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now, when the Bible says the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, you know what the word foolishness is? Mariah. It means silly or absurd. I'll bet we all know someone, we all have someone in our life that fit that bill. That would, when you share the cross of Christ with them, they say, that's silly. That's foolish. That's absurd. They might even say, that's stupid. I've tried to witness to people, and some people have had some positive responses, and others, it's silly to them. It's foolish. They don't want to hear it. They're like, no, that's okay. If that's good for you, fine, I'm all set. I'm okay. Why? Because they're lost, and they are perishing. And that's the sad commentary today. So now we have two classes of people mentioned. Number one, those that are perishing. And number two, those that are saved. What makes the difference between the two? Two different conditions of the heart results in two different perspectives toward Christ. It's all about the heart. That's what it is. Why? Because with the heart, we perceive life. Whatever's going on in the heart, that's how we look at life, and that's how we look at God. That's how we look at Christ. It's a matter of the heart. It's not because people are sinful or bad or evil or rotten. It's their heart. The heart is darkened. The, 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 the most smiling people can have a darkened heart to spiritual things. I remember sharing Christ with someone. I, I said, what did you think? They said, oh, that was good. I said, you want to hear more? They said, I'll pass. I'm like, what? If you thought it was good, why would you pass? Because of the heart. The heart is darkened. There's no place for light. They won't let the light in. It's like someone living in a house and all the shades are drawn, all the curtains are closed, and they like it like that. 
They don't want any light to come in. The cross is not only effective to the whole world, but it's also a very personal, has a very personal connotation as well. As a believer, which many of you that are listening today are, the cross is the means by which we draw closer to Christ. It is. That wicked, vile instrument of torture is the means by which we draw closer to Christ. In Matthew 16, people exchange being religious for following after Christ. Jesus came into a very religious world, and many of them gave it up in order to follow Christ. And Jesus said something after Peter tried to prevent him from going to the cross. Jesus says, I must go to Jerusalem. And Peter said, no, Master, they're going to kill you. We're not going to let you go. You know what Jesus said to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Why did he say that? Because it seems like it was Satan's plan to prevent Jesus from getting to the cross. What do you think of that? Why? Because that's what the sins of mankind would be paid for. Devil didn't want that. Oh, no. You want some all in the lake of fire with him. And Jesus said something. He said in verse 24, If anyone wishes to come after me, you want to walk with me? You want to be tight with me? You want to walk arm in arm? He said he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And by the way, the tense of the word follow me, it's keep on following me. If you want to keep on following me, here's what you have to do. Deny yourself. What do you think that means? It means you have to learn to say no to your passions and take up your cross. And what does that mean? Crucify the flesh because that's where the passions are found. You can't satisfy your passions and follow Christ. Got to make a decision. And then you can follow me. And then he said in verse 25, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So, you know, if you don't pick up your cross and follow Christ, you're going to lose your life. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to die. He's going to lose out. But if you lose your life for his sake, you're going to live. You're going to find it. I know so many people today, their lives are such a mess. And I know what the answer is. Follow Christ. You know what? They won't do it. They won't do it. They won't deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow Christ. So they can find their life. No, they'd rather be struggling unhappy, humanly trying to make it work, and it doesn't. It never does. So here's a practical life lesson that Jesus gave. For what will, what, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Wow. Now here's the guy that makes it. Here's the billionaire. 
Here's a successful individual. Here's a guy that's arrived at the top of the ladder without God. He forfeits his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What do you think is of equal value to the soul? Nothing. There's nothing in this world. There's nothing in this life that is of equal value to the soul. If you really want to arrive, here's what you do. You become a billionaire and a follower of Christ. Now, (laughs) you found your life. But if you never make it to the billionaire part, that's okay. You can still be a follower of Christ and you will find life. You'll find your life. Don't fall into the category that continue to struggle. They keep walking into the wall and they refuse to turn from it. They'd rather bang their head than turn from it. Number five, let me ask you, who wants to be a disciple of Jesus? Here's the answer. Whoever does not carry his cross and come after me, Jesus said, cannot be my disciple. See, we always come back to the cross. The cross is the focal point of history. The cross is what the world turns on. It's what separates the world, the lost, the saved, the found, the perishing. You cannot be a disciple of Christ without your cross. See, Christianity is a life-giving experience. You know what that means? You give your life to experience it. That's how you experience the ultimate of Christianity. You give your life to it. Why does Jesus want people to be disciples? Because a disciple is a learner, a student. And back in the first century, when the rabbis taught their students, their disciples, the disciples had it in their heart. They wanted to be just like their rabbis. They wanted to be just like them. That was the goal, to emulate your rabbi. So, a disciple then, a learner, is one who lives by learning, not by feeling. Get a lot of people that go through life, and they kind of feel their way through life. And they make decisions based on emotion, and how they feel. They do not, they do not make decisions based on what they've learned from Scripture. That's the key. This is why we learn Scripture. We learn scripture to help us make good decisions. So we've got even a, a, a large segment of Christianity today. They'll go to church every week and they'll learn scripture and then they'll go home and they'll live by feelings or make decisions by feelings. And that doesn't work. You know why? Feelings? Can't trust them. Oh no. Can't trust them. Feelings are not made to steer the ship. Feelings are made to enjoy life, but they're not made to steer life. No, the mind and the heart, they do that. The, the, the wheel on the ship steers the ship. The feelings are like the swimming pool. You go have fun. You go jump in the pool on the big cruise, cruise ship. The, the feelings of the pool, go jump in the pool. Go have some fun. But you don't steer the ship with the swimming pool. You steer the ship up in the wheelhouse. 
The wheels connected to the rudder. That's this, the ship. And it's empowered by fuel. That's the Holy Spirit. What steers your ship? What's steering your life? Is it what you learn or what you feel? Well, look at your life and you can tell which one you've been using. How you doing? That's why this cross is so important. It crucifies the passions. It points us to Christ. It draws us close to Christ. And it crucifies those human passions that get us in trouble all the time. Number six, I said there were seven. The cross is the road. Oh, I like this part. The cross is the road to Christ-likeness. Isn't that what it's all about? He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 38. Worthy. Now, the word worthy, here's what it means. Comparable. Suitable. Let's read it like this. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not suitable to me. In other words, you'll never become like me. Here's what our journey is all about. You know what our journey in the Christian life is about? It's not about finding happiness, finding super blessing. You know what it's about? Becoming Christ-like. When's the last time you turned on Christian TV and heard a guy preach about becoming Christ-like? Picking up your cross and becoming like Christ. I have not heard a mega church, TV or radio, that has preached that. I think there might be a few. I'm sure there are. Michael Youssef does. He, he tells it like it is. I appreciate his ministry. He talks about being Christ-like. And he's got a big church, so that's good. But I can think of a whole lot of this. I can think of more megachurches that don't preach the message of the cross than those that do. And man, when you've got thousands of people in church, that's the time to preach the cross. Oh yeah, you know what? You're not going to scare them away. That's why they come. People come to church because they want to be challenged. People come to church because they want truth. They don't come to church because they want the message to sound like this favorite TV program. So we do them a disservice when we don't preach the cross. We do. We're robbing them. We're denying them truth. And we're leading them astray when we don't preach the cross. Because the purpose of the journey is to become like Christ. Here's what Jesus said in Luke 6.40. A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. Okay? So what is he saying? Listen, just like in the first century, when the disciples were fully trained, they became like their rabbis. That was the whole goal. I want to be like my rabbi. Oh, my rabbi's got it together. He's a wise man. He's a an accomplished man. He's a loving man. These rabbis, man, they were they were the role models. And their students wanted to be like them. I begin being fully trained when I become a disciple. And then I pick up my cross and I follow after Jesus and I become like him. That's the goal. 
If you're after one thing in life, I hope it's this, to become like Christ. That's the goal. Number seven, the last thing I want to give you. The cross is the reason we can live. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2.24, speaking about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that, here's the reason, we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Like I said, the cross is the reason we can live. We live to righteousness. Why? Peter continues, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. What happens when you live to righteousness? You make your life count. Your life means something. Wow, we're alive. We can live for God. No longer just for self. Did you get that? We've been set free. We've been set free from living for self. Oh, that's always a dead end. And now we can live for God. Oh, what a difference. So what does the cross mean to me? It means I don't have to live an aimless life. It means I don't have to live a selfish life. I don't have to live a boring life. I don't have to live an empty life. Okay? Am I pushing any buttons today? Any aimless, selfish, boring, empty Christians out there? Go to the cross. It means I can live a life that matters. A life that makes a difference. See, that's where fullness comes from. When you live a life that makes a difference. That's where fullness comes from. Couch potatoes don't make a difference. They don't. But those that live for Christ do. And then you have a life that leaves a legacy. What's a legacy? A legacy is is how you're remembered after you're gone. A reputation is how you're remembered while you're alive. A legacy is how you're remembered after you're gone. What's your legacy? Do you have a legacy? How will you be remembered after you're gone? You see? When you when you pick up your cross and you leave a legacy, you live a life that impacts the next generation. See, a legacy impacts those who follow. It's the next generation, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. The youth of today, they look at legacies and they determine maybe, hmm, what kind of legacy do they want to have based on what they see? So now listen, okay, beginning today, right? Beginning today, right now, as you're hearing this message, because of the cross, decide today how you will live the rest of your life for the purpose of God. Forget yesterday, last week, last month, last year. Forget all that. Begin today. How will I start to live my life for the purpose of God. That's all. Let the cross draw you to Christ. Carry it. Let it give you the assurance your sins are paid for. And then use it to follow 
after Christ and become like Him. We don't need churchgoers. We need Christ followers. That's what we need. Don't let, don't let your maturity stop at church. Because you got to follow Christ every day and emulate Him and be like Him. That's being the light of the world. Now, let me ask you, did you know Jesus talked about the seven seals of Revelation? Did you know that? In Revelation chapter mm, 6 and 7, maybe 5, I'm not sure, 6 and 7, John gave his vision of the seven seals of judgment and the tribulation. But did you know that Jesus gave those same seal signs? So join us tonight, August 3rd, I say the date, here at New Hope. What we're going to do, we're going to compare what Jesus said with what John saw. How about that? Jesus talked about the seven seals. And then John saw the seven seals in a vision. And we're going to compare the two, verse to verse. And we're going to see, wow, Jesus already warned people about this judgments that were coming. And then John, he, he also wrote it down for us in Revelation. So join us tonight, 7 o'clock, right here at New Hope, Route 6 in Swansea, Mass. Can't get to church? That's okay. Stream us online, New Hope Christian Church, Swansea, Facebook, and YouTube. We're on both. You know why? Because we want you to grow. We want you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Oh, we want you to be a Christ follower. We want you to leave a legacy, a godly legacy. So we study his word. And his word directs us and gives us hope. Speaking of hope, join the Hope Club. You can go to newhoperadio.live. What did I say? Newhoperadio.live. That's our radio website. Click on the menu bar. Join the Hope Club. It'll explain everything. You support us with $3 a week. What's that? Not much. We'll send you an email Monday through Friday. Beautiful devotional. Let's just start the day. Oh, yeah. Six-minute devotional. Get you started off on the right foot. Okay? So go to newhoperadio.live. Join the Hope Club. And uh, let's all grow together as we impact this world for Jesus Christ. Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.